Dr. Amalia Ganyus Malka. Welcome to Womanity, Woman in Unity, the show that celebrates prominent and ordinary African women's milestone achievements in their struggles for liberation, self-emancipation, human rights, democracy, racism, socioeconomic class division, and gender-based violence. Joining us in studio today is musician Moonchild Sanere, who was nominated for Best Alternative Album at the 2016 South African Music Awards. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Dr. Maya. Absolute pleasure. You're in the process of building a successful music career. You've had exposure in the USA. I heard Mm -hmm. that you were at SXSW, which Mm -hmm. is South by Southwest, Europe, and also on home soil. Can you share with us a few of the landmarks in your career and when you understood that music would be such a big part of your destiny? I think um, starting with um, knowing that music would be a big part of my destiny was I grew up on stage as a kid. I grew up in Port Elizabeth and I, my mom put me on stage from when I was six months. So instead of worrying about 100% in science project, it was just like, baby girl, just get like 80% and then don't burn your hands because you need to enter most beautiful legs or most beautiful hands. or like. So I grew up on stage and that's what I know in my comfort spot. Like I, I'm not scared of anything or anyone there. And therefore, that's why I will have a voice and it will never be of no substance. Um, I moved to Durban, actually doing it proper, proper solid. After out, after growing up and doing the shows where my mom would organize the gigs, because I hated choirs, I didn't like to blend in. Because your mom, if I'm not mistaken, she was in jazz. Yes, she was. So by the time I was born, she had the jazz tavern, so it was just like the music playing. It was playing so much. I couldn't escape it. Like, I didn't have a choice. That's what I knew. And the um, same as the hip-hop. My brother was a hip-hop producing um, guy. So he, in the house, we had the studio, so we used to have these guys with saggy pants and everything coming in and out. Um, so that I couldn't escape. And then my, I spent weekends with my grandmother, and so my cousins there, they did quite, they were quite music dancers. So everyone that came from Joburg, all the big artists that came, my cousins were the dancers um, in the Eastern Cape. So those were the three genres that I think are also super present in my music. If you can pick up those things, but it, but it generally ends up being like I don't know what this music is. But moral of the story, there is uh, my 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 biggest um, influences were from home before uh, getting influences in the streets where I'm stringing all this stuff. But then the voice, the voice definitely comes from home. My mom is that girl who got divorced after three months on some. I don't need a man to sit on the roof of my house to see what direction I'm coming from because they don't trust me when I know I'm solid. So. She'd got divorced at three months. So we grew up knowing. In fact, we've had, I've, I know personally, I've had to learn to respect guys older because it's always just like, I don't need you. I don't need you. So fierce independence, a fusion of genres involved in your music from mm-hmm. jazz to quieto mm-hmm. to hip hop and then finding your own unique flavor mm-hmm. and blend. Basically. And, you know, the craziest thing, I think like, you would wonder what things you instill in your children and things like that because my mom, it never made sense at the time. I thought she was just being mean when she, she, I'd come, I'd come home maybe after seven, the lights are on. It's not safe in the street, it's supposed to, I'd get a scolding. But then I'd get a bigger scolding if she saw me walking amongst a group of people and following. She's like, you never follow. In your life, you must never follow. You are in the same line learning how to lead or they're following you, but you're never slacking. And this is something, I, this is my mentality throughout in life. And when I think back, it's that thing. I never smoked cigarettes in school because everyone was doing it. I'm like, I'm not going to do it. I never, like, it, it just became, it, it just 
made me this person that I am where I'm not apologetic. I stand for something and I am it without having to, there's not an on and off button. And on the topic of the type of music you do, the Mm -hmm. type of content, have you got a particular topic that you talk about or is it all about life experiences? Mm -hmm. What are those types of influences that come through on your messages? I think it's mainly me being a woman. Like how I see things as a woman, how we experience things as women, how it's as a woman. Because I could talk about the eating disorders, I could talk about using condoms, I could talk about um, power in the boardroom and the bedroom. I could talk about, I talk about things where women can relate to. I talk about me and everyone else like me. So it's those experiences, and I get the impression that it's things that you've been through on a personal level, Mm -hmm. so that it comes from a source of authenticity to be able to really get the message across. It does. And sometimes, um, for instance, where I remember a time where I wrote about a person being violated, but my only, I literally got the introduction, and from then I could understand better when someone says, I didn't bite his penis off when he was raping me. And from the outside, you're just like, why? But then until I was literally in a moment where as vocal as I am, and I had this, my uncle sexually molest me in that moment of time. This is when I ran away from home at 19 to go chase my dream or go to, to jail. I mean, I, that wasn't going to work out. So I left. I ran away from home to chase my dream. This is like literally 10 years later. And I started understanding better how there's so many different reactions to when you are in a space of being violated. Where thinking straight is, you're lucky to think straight in that point in time. Because I remember freezing, but I could relate. So I come from a space where I know I'm a woman. I'm a woman who's not, never going to run away and go back home if things are not work out. It has to work out or it has to work out. Because you're a woman and people are constantly taking chances. And I'm just like, I'm talented. <laughs> However long it takes me to get there, it'll take me more than it, it did to get me off. Because I've gone through these things and I'm learning skills. I'm learning ways of, if someone flirts with you, you're just like, how do I get this deal to happen without being a part of this thing of yours? And you just, it's a smile. And that's, it can go a long way. If it doesn't, it's just like, no, it's fine. I'll let go of this one. Even if it was big. Like, you'll get a song. You'll record a song. You get even approached by people before the song leaves the studio. And the person won't give, it has to be a guy. And the guy won't give you a song because you're not taking the offer. But that's a big point for me, that in terms of control, particularly in the music space mm-hmm. and other fields, whilst we've got a great... Um, set of female talent, Mm -hmm. musicians, artists coming through. Still, at the end of the day, when we look at that entire value chain of what songs get gets produced, Mm -hmm. which stars make the hits, Mm -hmm. it's all still very much controlled within a male space. It's super controlled. It's crazy. I had a song um, where... If I was the video girl in a rapper's video, it would have been played. Now, I was owning my sexuality mm-hmm. in the song. Being the lead. Being the lead. And then I had the rest of my squad lead, uh, holding it down. Do you know what I mean? But they weren't even the problem. The problem was that me owning it. 
They never played it. They said it's too provocative for black South Africa. But I am a black influential South African today. If you don't, if you don't see that, if you don't, see, if you see that there's no difference in you giving us nurses in the toilet in schools to tell us about getting AIDS from a toilet seat, when you've got people that are influencing and are currently the leaders of what you see in the streets right now, how are you not able to get your emotions out of the way and push push for the mission? Because if the mission is about getting rid of AIDS or helping limit the number. If the mission is about anything that the youth are involved in right now and you are not there to know that people are having sex in the toilets, people are having sex everywhere and anywhere, not in schools. In fact, in schools, you're worried about banana-flavored condoms and a pregnancy at the same time. You obviously have no control there. Why are you fighting this wave of freedom and influence because it doesn't come in the package that you want it to? There's no difference that's going to be made for as long as you're a gatekeeper of a space that you know nothing about. And invariably, those gatekeepers are always people who are older. Who exactly. It would have been a generation where their relevance may have been relevant. Yep. But you're saying from a point in time that where we are today, mm-hmm. that you are relevant, you are representative, and your voice yes. and your mannerisms is what is going to connect and engage with millennials. It's almost, it's almost like sometimes it feels like whoever... The thing is, I'm not, oh, I'm not hopeless. I know it's going to happen because... It took long for Boom Shaka to be accepted. It went from, what the hell is this? It's too provocative. Songs got banned. Everything. Everything. And then at the end of the day, everyone wants to... There's still throwbacks today that are just like Boom Shaka. So originality takes a little long. That's because of lack of knowing your power. And therefore, you will never celebrate your true authenticity, but it will be reintroduced to you. But for as long as I am myself, I'll never be tired because this is me breathing and you choose to make me a trend or not to. But I'm not changing. But if you know what's happening right now, you pair yourself with these, with these people. Like, for instance, as women, we feel more empowered collaborating with a guy that's making things. It took AKA to do the baddest EP um, song remix with the women. Though it's a, such a good thing, not many men do it, but also as the women, they, feel, they felt more empowered and more existing in the industry when they've existed on their own when that song was done. Now, outside of AKA doing a remix and giving back, which is nice, thank you, AKA. Now, how about the women come together and do this thing together? Because when we're together, there's more power. When we're separate, we're recognized individually, and therefore the wave is not as powerful because you're there, you're there, you're there, and it's not one ocean. So looking at greater unity to push through in the influence. Now, music since day one Mm -hmm. has been a huge inspiration to people. But occasionally it's been exploited to Mm -hmm. influence political as well as social agendas around the world. Mm -hmm. How do you see the role of musicians in that regard? I feel everyone's got a role to play. Just as in in life, it is in music. You have to have the person who is the dancer who makes you forget your life. You have to have the person who reminds you of things. You have to have the person you have a romantic song about with your partner. You have to have the person who ignites a scent. You have to have role players. I do not disrespect anyone that plays a role, as long as you know what role you play. Important point. And... As our program is all about gender equality and increasingly it's more and more of a global focus Mm -hmm. and as such one of the important issues and one of the points that you raised was about creating greater unity amongst women and I think that female leadership 
is incredibly important as a uniting factor, as a point on which other people can mm-hmm. see and gain the value and the wisdom of what women can do and mm-hmm. accomplish. So on that note, how do you see female leadership, whether it's in the government space, in the music environment, or any other sector for that matter? Um, I think, do you know the crazy thing? So um, before I moved to Joburg, I did this book called The Artist Way. And the lady who was doing it with me, um, Fiona, she also was um, well, color therapy, color therapist. And so at the point in time, we had uh, the, we did the color therapy. So I picked a bottle, and it was blue and yellow. The yellow was on top. And she's like, she didn't know my story at home. But like I was the one handling everything at the time, and I, didn't, I had no idea what colors the colors meant. It just chose my favorite combo, and then she's like, "This is feminine power, and this is the this is who you're with." Basically, you just picked this in color. And the craziest thing about it is that now in politics, more and more women are coming and becoming present. But have you noticed how what color the t-shirts are? Yellow, which is a color of feminine energy, whether they know it or not. But it's so present for those that are looking at things beyond just seeing people push and going in. It's like it's growing and it's becoming bigger. The knowledge of power. Well, I think it's in part knowledge of power and in part showing up where we've got places. So we look at traditional roles in society. Mm-hmm. Before, they used to be very defined. You would be in your box and you would be in your box. Mm-hmm. This is the role of men. This is the role of women. But the reality is that I think as we have matured, we've come to realize that there are greater multidimensionality mm-hmm. across people on what they can do that as a woman you sure you can be a mother you can be a sister you can be a wife you can be a leader of an organization mm-hmm. you're not confined to just one single dimension but at the same time whilst that happens mm-hmm. you're in effect taking power away from masculine power which had been the traditional norm so it's you taking power away from the tradi- from the masculine power it's sad it's sad because I think ability is ability and is ability and it should not be gender fa- uh, based, which is, I guess, we all know this, but it's where we come from. That's, mm. uh, it's interestingly crazy. Well, there's a lot on cognitive norms. So there's a, a field of psychology called cognitive dissonance. Mm-hmm. And in that space, when we grow up with a particular norm, that becomes your frame of reference. So when something deviates away from that frame of reference, you think it's wrong. Mm. And it takes time when you were talking about Bumshaka and originality. It <laughs> takes time for those things to become accepted as a new norm. If you were to ask a kid who was born in the Barack Obama era, mm-hmm. he would think that it's perfectly the norm to have <laughs> a black male president in the USA. A, that's true. Because that becomes his norm. Yeah. And that's just... Finding those role models and looking at those changes yeah. in society to take place. And it's crazy because um, even with that, you'll have... I remember when when the wave of girls started showing up on Insta- on socials about the girls that are missing. And you'll have girls that are criticizing it, how the girl looked. They looked like they were going for money. They looked like they, they're always looking for something wrong. The women themselves, us as women ourselves, we look for something wrong. On that point, what do you think we need to do to build on more to benefit women in the future? Um, teach young boys more right now. For when they grow, create a norm for them. 
not continue a norm that's existed. Um, the whole thing, I think, with the, just with the chores, with cooking, with a thug doesn't cook, a thug's gonna be hungry because uh, you wanna eat, you cook. Like sharing respons- I think even this little thing, sharing the game, sharing the responsibilities as kids, where it's not like, okay, has Tabo done the garden? Okay, then Mukobi needs to do the dishes. And to a point where the child just be like, dishes are women, dishes are women. Just little things like that, because I really don't know, honestly. I just feel like the little things that grow into the bigger things, where you just know a woman is supposed to be barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen, is the things we need to change now. From the color they choose. If they choose pink as a masculine boy, it doesn't matter what they choose later. If you let them be where you're not, na- you're not um, sexualizing just little things from toys, into this and that because it goes into being married and expecting and you know what I mean and I'd say given what you're saying given that most of the child rearing is done by mothers that it's a mother's responsibility to start removing those gender stereotypes from day one basically I think those things those little things I don't know what you can do with adults but I know that what if you want to when we were talking about norms start creating the norms for our children Yeah, I think that's lovely. Start creating the norms for our children. So if we're looking at how we're grooming everyone Mm -hmm. and bringing them up, on the other hand, when we look at it more from when people are adults, we'll have legislation in place which will help hopefully permeate the right types of of behavior, Mm -hmm. whether there's uh, punitive components to them if people aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing. But do you think as a society we're doing enough to educate girls and women about what their rights are and gender equality? No, we don't. No, we don't. No, we don't. In as much as someone may look at you having made it and in power, someone looks at me, they don't, the struggles are still there, they're constantly there, you constantly have to prove yourself, you constantly have to deal with these things, they're there, they're there, they're there, in different spaces, even spaces of where you're feeling powerful, there's just like, there's, it's just there, it's there, on TV, it's there, on what what, it's there, lack of knowledge, knowledge, mission, no mission, just that. So you're saying but we've got double standards we do. that we are going, absolutely. and double standards from a point of view of how men and women are judged, but also in terms of the actions that each gender takes, that those are perceived differently, even though it's exactly the same thing. Yes. It's it's got a different lens. Absolutely. So what do you think we need to do, in your opinion, given what you've experienced, to help improve gender equality in society? What I do know is that I... Will for, I will stand for this? I'm 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 one. I would be one of the people that are in a space where they can make some form of difference to make you listen. But are people really gonna do anything about it? You just hope to touch someone. And the reality is, I'm glad that I have had inboxes where someone says, ah, oh, da, da 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 da. They tell me the story is coming from a song, which is not a hundred people. It's like it'll be ten people from a song. Mor- moral of the story: You touched someone and they didn't feel alone. When I spoke about um, I was talking about the numerous um, sexual offences. I went to the police station for my uncle. They told me, they f- first, the women asked me, what were you wearing? The women in the police station, out loud, do you understand that the violation felt worse in this way I was looking for assistance than at home? That's nothing. Then the cop 
um, tries to take a statement and they're like, actually, this is your uncle. So I'm sure you're going to regret um, this decision this week, next week. So let's just take you home to go talk about it. They drove me home to go talk about it. But on that trip, they were just going on and mocking me for speaking English. But I speak Zulu. But it's because I was Kosa and not a Zulu person. I speak Zulu and I speak Kosa in English. And it's just, they were, mock, they were busy mocking. They forgot everything. They got there. My uncle was gardening. And they started talking to him about these rebellious children that want to run away from home for parties. I left. I, 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 took, I packed my stuff. And then I left the next day. I, I they didn't see me leave. I just packed. The next day I spoke, told my friend everything. But these are cops. I've taken people after me to police station where they are constantly asking, what did you do? What were you wearing? I was actually, even at that time, I'm trying to explain to get this assistant. I was wearing baggy pants and everything. And you could still see beyond. Female cops. And I was like, I think even in, co- in the courses they give them, psychology should, be a big, should play a big role for them to understand the different reactions. Where someone comes a month later and they didn't know what to do and this made sense to them in that point in time. Because... The people stay without saying anything there's cases that will never be reported especially from one person you report two and then you're just like the other five what's the point because I'm just going to relive that thing there and I'm not going to get a system so what's the point and this is for I feel the cop system needs to have a, a strong psychology thing that uh, cause in there because they need to start que- they need to stop questioning the females that they laugh at the males that they're not they not they just laugh at the males but they need to be able to especially the women the relatability maybe these things are there but in the spaces that in the co- uh, police stations I've been at there's never a supportive female cop or a supportive psychologist that's there to understand your reaction and why you're only coming now or why you're coming now or the reaction, the reactions that make people be like, why did you? Where you got raped and you showered and you slept and then you slept and you slept and then you felt you started chatting to this person. And I'm like, if you knew the psychology of these things, you know, sometimes you keep your perpetrator closer and it makes people will rape, will date, they rape victims, they rape um People, they've raped them because it's safer to keep that person close. That's the psychology of it. It's safer to keep that person close than to have them there and potentially violate you. Now they're violating you with you agreeing to it. And this is cops. You take that to a cop and they don't get it. And they need, there needs to be a very strong psychology course mm-hmm. in, where, in the system. So in the system, victims are actually victimized. Yes. And we hear countless accounts that most of the perpetrators are family, Mm -hmm. as you've just relayed in your direct experience, which means that they are around you and Mm -hmm. there's a whole load of emotional connections and a multitude of complexity in the relationships, which goes for, again, as you, you rightly say, there need to be vast improvements in our systems. And unfortunately, <laughs> as our program, I don't think that's something that we're going no, to be able to fix. Mm-hmm. But going to your point about women uniting, if there are more people talking about issues and talking about points, mm-hmm. then hopefully that will introduce a wave so that other young women don't have to go through traumatic experiences like you've had and mm-hmm. spoken about today. You were listening to Womanity, Woman and Unity on Channel Africa, The African Perspective, on frequency 9625 kHz on the 31-meter band, also available on DSTV Channel 902. Today, we're talking to musician, poet, designer, artist, Moonchild Sanele. 
We would love to receive your comments on Twitter at Womanity Talk. On a lighter note, Mm -hmm. going back to your genre and the type of work that you do within the career space, which sounds incredibly creative, because I've read that you do poetry, that you dance, that you design, Mm. as well as in the music space. Can you share with us if you've had the opportunity to work into the continent and do any collaborations with other musicians or are planning to? Oh, yes. So I just came from my um, recording my EP in Cape Town with Red Bull Studios. And um, there's a guy who is an artist I worked with two years ago, Bobby Combs. He's in Nigeria. So he sent me new music and I was just like, oh, God. So we've just started a song together, um, a nice love song for the Nigerian market. I've also got a song with um, Okunta Kinte. We did it last year, actually. He's based in Ghana and we've shot a video for it as well, Melanin Girls Remix. Um, we've got, who else have I done here? Because I've got a Japanese one. Um, locally, in South Africa, in, in the continent, it's Okunta Kinte, it's um, Bobby Combs, it has to be more. Now I'm excited. So I've also got, I've got a song of DJ Maporisa, um and Busisa. This is the latest single, actually. DJ Maporisa, Busisa, DJ Tira, and myself. And then I've got another one coming with DJ C Live and Reason. And then I've got another one coming with Miss um, Perry Monroe, Women Power. And actually with me and her, last year we wanted to do a song, Women Get Together. And she's literally the only person who sent me back her vocals. And funny enough, no, not funny enough, I guess it was supposed to happen this year. It was this year, it was last year this time that we wanted the song to come out in August. And so this year, she, she's the only one who's made it to the feature of the EP. And it's still just like, girl, we just did it, finally. So, um, I mean, I'm super excited about that one as well. Given that Women's Month is coming up mm-hmm. in the next couple of weeks, can you share a few lines or bars with us from that? Okay. <clears throat> for a change, it's a meow fest No need for fists or baddest oceans We're out here free to get what we need We be grinding, we be grinding Free to speak, free to work Free to create, let us do us No, no egos, no insecurities No more frenemies when the women get together, when the women get together, women get together, everything is gonna matter. When the women get together, women get together, women get together, everything is gonna, when the women get together. <laughs> definitely woman power and definitely <laughs> about unity. Although we've got collaborations and mm-hmm. we can hear that you've got great camaraderie happening with fellow musicians mm-hmm. and forming together all the, the songs and, and music, music these days would be nothing without the fans. Sure. So how do you respond? How do you connect and engage with your followers? I'm so present on socials. I'm so present. Actually, even like I used to go out a lot. I don't even I don't do it anymore because it just like doesn't work for my voice. But I'm very present on socials. Like I'm super present to a point where even my uh, my team at some point was like, "Perception, you can't be too friendly, Moonchild. You must like sometimes look important." I'm like, no, dude. Like I'm I, I'm very forward. I'm talkative as well, and I engaged a lot. So I can't do that perception thing with when it comes to acting important. It's, You'll respect me. If you don't, uh, you'll be sorted. It's okay. But this is me. This is just 
I'm very, I'm really, I'm very, I'm fun, funky, all of that. But I was looking for fresh. No, I was looking for, <laughs> I'm very approachable. I'm very, I'm, I'm, I'm engaging. I'm very engaging to a point where like sometimes I'll even give you a free ticket there. Be like, hey, where are you? I like your song. Where can I, um, where are you based? It's not even like that whole celebrity thing, give a free ticket and then show media. It's not that deep. It's just like someone will be, like when I was going to Cape Town. I told the people that I was like doing my last show before I go with the old music. So I'm saying goodbye and I'd like the input for the new music. So I played the new songs and stuff to a point where one of the songs they made me repeat three times. I've, I recorded as the first song in the EP. So they involved and in part of the scoring because I need to bear in mind, I come from a, a, a niche market where it's, it's the alternative or the people that just like different things that are coming into the space. And it's only starting to grow commercially now, right? And so the people that I'm paid, I always remember those people when I wasn't even on radio. They're just like, it's going special, it's going special. So I always remember them because the, the moonbeams. So the moonbeams always have like some form of input. The ones that are, happen to be around now, whether they caught on later or yesterday, it doesn't matter. But like I'm, I involve them. I involve them. I do private sessions. We even bought like the sound where it's eight hour power without electricity for you to call me in your house as like one of the fans. Call me in the house and invite 40 people that you love. Intimate situation. I give you a private show. So I'm super involved in the fans, like super involved to a point where I've bought sound to come and give you a free show to say to say I appreciate you. That is very, very connected. <laughs> What's next for you? Huge. Um, where do I start? The EP is coming out. I've just done a song with um, We Are Together. It's a Japanese-based band, and we've shot the video already. Um, in South Africa, in we Japan? We shot the video here. Mm-hmm. And then we've got, I've got a song with this, this producer, um, Dejot. We've got a single, but it's not going to be in the EP. It's one of those standalone singles. That it, there's just like so much. There's a wave of music where you're going to hear about me from all different genres in South Africa right now. But never mind. In South Africa, it sounds as though it's going global. Global is always the first mission. South Africa with the EP is the target because I've literally been, I refuse to be big and celebrated outside of my country. So this EP is aimed at South Africa to the world because it's, it's been proven that the stuff I do is the world to South Africa. So this one is aimed at South Africa to the world, and it's me literally being strategic about having you in my in having me in your mouth because I refuse to be empty here and celebrated there and be that one of those artists. No, I'm gonna have it here and I'm gonna have it there, and therefore this EP is called First Million. First Million, not bound by rents, dollars, or. But it's called First Million because it's this EP where I am introducing myself to the market that always sees this. They don't know me. They don't. So it's just them. So if you find a song you like because the producer, you probably like them, which is the, the my mathematics, is you're going to go back to the source. And then you're going to... It's me introducing myself to the market that doesn't know me because I'm aware that there is that, especially in SA, which is bigger and more black, more the more black commercial market without changing myself. So it's like the strategy is to get them to know me too and go back to what was in Best Alternative Album. And on that saying, more black commercial. Yes. Your Corso. Yes. And there is the Eastern Cape mm-hmm. producers, mm-hmm. Corso musicians, very, very, very successfully. Mm-hmm. And often people are speaking in their home language and tongue. So in terms of your songs, what are we, are we seeing a mix? Are we seeing a hybrid? I'm generally Congolese. I, I haven't changed anything about myself. 
My thing. Did you say Kozilish? Um, Konglish. Kong- Konglish. Of course, in English. I think in Konglish in general. So whatever, whoever I'm working with, it doesn't matter. I'm always Konglish. And this is what's made me realize, like, I mean, we've always known music is a language of its own. But like in Barcelona, France, um, New York, when it was crazy, it was just like, you, they know your name and surname. They love the... St- in Barcelona this year, dude, like, I walked in and there was, like, pictures of, like, the pictures with me from last year. With, I was just like, what? It was so crazy. I cried on day four because I couldn't take in... I was so overwhelmed by the reception from last year's reviews, from la- the, how I killed it last year. And just, like, music has no... is no is, is a language of its own. And it's sad when you come back home and they, you're saying something they understand. And if they got it, they would even giggle because you're silly as hell. Like, excuse me, it's sad. But it takes time. So I'm not offended. It takes time and planning and all of that. And this EP is one of the projects that are aimed at you knowing why the world is about this thing, which is yours. So you're in it for the long haul? Yeah. Hell Yeah. <laughs> Now, turning back to yourself as an individual, one of the questions that I ask all my guests on this program, because the reality is that we go through our lives, we go through our careers, and we look at the things that have made us who we are today. So for me, what's important is about understanding what some of those factors of success have been. So a lot of people speak about hard work or perseverance or a particular role model who has been uh, a significant factor in their life. Mm -hmm. So if you could please tell us what have been some of the success factors that have contributed to Moonchild Sanele. Okay. Mm, My management, um, being a mother, and that is literally for if I die, my children will never believe anyone that says dreams are not valid because they're going to, they're being educated. They live through my dreams. So that's a big thing. Um, mm. So it's important for you to be leaving a legacy. Yes. And the work that you're doing is a foundation for oh. that. And maybe I can't answer the question because I haven't, I don't feel. You're not there yet. I'm not there yet, honestly. I'm going there. And over the the period of time that we've, you know, that uh, or let's rephrase that, what would you say has influenced you and had the biggest impact to make you the person that you are today? Rejection, violation, and... I come from a family where um, I'm the black sheep of the family. So by now they expect me to be in drugs and things like that. And I'm just like, I'm going to change the world. And then you're going to jump on my wagon. So the negative experiences, Make, yes. have you have flipped them to become motivators of your success. Yeah. For but now so, that's what it is. It's a hard thing to do. What can you do? Because you can either uh, be, uh, bask Make, in it and not go anywhere. And become part of their expectations. It. Or become the unexpected. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm very glad to see that the unexpected <laughs> has, has happened. Now, lastly, we're coming to the end of the show. Can I ask you to share a few words of inspiration which you would like to pass on to 
young women mm-hmm. who are listening to us today on the continent? I'd say, um, do you? It's such a simple thing to say, it's to you, because for as long as you are yourself, you're not maintaining a character, and however long your mission takes you, you will never get tired, because you are doing you. So be yourself. Be yourself. No matter what, and keep having that belief. Never say die attitude. You must never say die. If they close the door, you bomb it. Great expression. One I haven't heard before, but well done. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Dr. Amelia. You have been listening to Womanity, Woman in Unity on Channel Africa, The African Perspective, and we have been talking to musician, poet, designer, artist, Moonchild Sanere. <laughs>